0: To What's on Joe' mind? This is special edition number seventy-two. Uh, going a little bit different this week. You know, we're, it's a holiday week. There's no no team stream. I've got two guests that are out of the country. So what do I decide to do? But go out of the country for two other guests. And uh, you know the authors of Total Action Force, The Battle Years. Patty Lennon and Brian Hickey are back. Hey. how are you this evening?
1: We...
2: doing good mike doing good thank you so uh and i'm i'm
1: at my i'm at my usual level of miserableness so right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to balance to
1: balance brian out
0: right right yes. you know, he's, he's a little too fired up <laughs> over there yeah uh i i imagine that the, your guys first thought is that i'm not making you guys get up live like i did to tree last week
1: you no, know? I saw that. That was like that was like that was that like, was, was like four a.m. Right? Or was time. on the
0: air with us between yeah. two and four a.m. Your time, yes. That, wow. I, and you know what? I did not make him do that for the record. That was I gave him a number of choices, and that was the one that he picked. It was the one that was least advantageous to himself.
1: I, I think. I think the um, the the week running up to roll at roll call, Dave Tree just doesn't sleep anyway. So
0: it's no. entirely possible. Yes, every every beverage is coffee. And every meal is a chocolate-covered espresso bean. <laughs> that's all he's got. That's all he's
1: getting. That's how he keeps so young. That's why he's immortal. <laughs>
0: that's why his hair is always shooting out in every direction. But most everybody who got your book from your Kickstarter project has it now. How, yes. What's, what's the general reaction been?
2: It's been really positive. I mean, really, we, we've had a lot of you know great comments coming in on um, Paddy does the updates every week, Paddy's out there getting the updates out to the backers. And we get a lot of really positive kind of comments coming back in them. We're getting direct messages through Kickstarter again, very positive people are surprised by the size of the book um that that's one of that, that's a recurring uh, comment people didn't expect it to be as big of a book as it is um the the overall you know quality of the book because people have just got it they're just giving you their first impressions so the visually they're really really happy with how it looks um and what i'm really looking forward to is now that people have had some time or will have had some time to kind of to read it I'm looking forward to hearing what people think of the actual content because as someone who's read the book now maybe five or six times over the course of kind of designing it and proofreading it, um, it's a brilliant, brilliant read and it's packed full of information about the history of Action Force and the history of, of the Action Force's relationship with the comic battle that there was a lot of stuff in there that I didn't know um Mm. there's a lot of stuff that i did know but there's there's equally as much stuff that i did not know that was surprising for us when we were doing that research and that was being put together by paddy and david and uh, i'm really hoping that you know the the backers and the readers of the book are just as surprised as i was with some of the the lovely nuggets that um that, that come out in that history
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I I certainly on the comic side of things, I'm not I wasn't hugely familiar. The comic obviously had stopped publishing before I was born. Sorry, guys. Um and um but I had I had read some of the annuals and so on, as, as you know, they would do a hardcover annual every year, you know, collecting a couple of the stories and then a couple of new stories. So that was my familiarity with Battle Action Force, because I never I never really read any of the um the weekly issues. Um so that whole part that David did was actually a real eye opener for me. Like there was, there was stuff in there that was just really surprising to me. I remember when um, we included in the book, the the original pitch for Marvel UK back in 1982, which was going to be um, written by Alan Moore.
2: Um,
1: uh, and, uh, not and, too many
2: spoilers here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but there was there was an entire pitch done with art uh, done for 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 Marvel by Palatoy in nineteen eighty three, where um, Special Weapons Force would have been some of the main characters. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah. obviously they didn't get released. And, and and Alan Moore and Stephen Moore had written were or, were or, or, or tapped to be the writers for it. So could you imagine that? Like the, the the guys, the guy who would go on to create Watchmen and V for Vendetta and, and hundreds of other. You know some of the best comics ever written was actually originally going to be the writer on action force that's that was just mind-blowing to me
0: could have been responsible for the first great bombardier epic
1: exactly oh, yeah. and you know the the except the, like the, the the art they had you know, the, the kind of practice art they had done uh brian you, you remind me who the artist was uh, but it John, was another person John, uh,
2: who uh, did the concept the character concept sketches that were in the comic mock-up that Marvel UK produced. And um it was, so there's a Baron Iron Blood, there's a, a, a we presumably quarrel, um, and the uh, and then it looks like it's sniper from Special Weapons Force. Um so it's a really it's it's a pretty sexy looking initial idea that marvel uk had but it never got off the ground and this is explored you know much more in, in a lot more detail in, in in the actual that particular chapter of the book but um ultimately the license went to ipc magazines and, and, and maybe for a lot of the american you know uh, viewers they, they wouldn't really be familiar with ipc magazines but at that time in the 1980s the biggest title that they that americans would be familiar with was probably 2000 ad um which featured Judge dread but in, in britain um they were massive a huge comics publisher um that they, they they had they, they basically had control of kind of the the boys and girls you know comics market they had uh readership weekly readership weekly sales i should say in the region of around for battle in the region of around seventy thousand comics a week oh wow um and that was one of the lower runs some of their more popular titles would have been up near to 100 a week whereas marvel uk 2000 AD was getting 2000
1: AD was getting a quarter million sales every issue at that time
2: yeah at, at, at that particular time right um yeah. but by comparison in 1982, Marvel UK's biggest selling comic was probably Conan, and they were hitting around six thousand units a month. So they they didn't have the, the 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 distribution and sales that IPC magazines had. So we you you know it, it's we don't know the exact details of how IPC you know beat um. Um, you know marvel uk but but it's you know a, a very obvious piece of speculation that going in there with with that level of sales that the the level of distribution that they had and of course the track record for creating original content week after week after week um which because marvel uk was just reprinting you know uh comics from produced by marvel uh, usa mm-hmm. So they didn't have that track record of, of original content every week. So that that's ultimately what... These are the things that would have enabled IPC magazines to clinch that Action Force deal. And when they did, and they bolted that into battle, the battle sales started to go up and up and up um, because they had, you know, the most popular toy line at that time. I mean, it was outselling Star Wars um, in, in 1982. I mean, it just it went through the roof when they... The, the, They brought Action Force to the market. It was completely unprecedented.
0: That yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it did it was it's always funny the parallels that that happened with with what was going on in the UK with the relationship between Star Wars and 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 Action Force and what was going on here in the States with Star Wars and G.I. Joe, right? Like over here, a lot of the the credit for, for Joe overtaking Star Wars always seems to go to the articulation, right? It's like, oh, well, just a better figure. You know, the, 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 the arms could move in more directions. You had elbows, you had knees. Then you got swivel arms thrown in there. And so, so there were, you know, just, that's what everybody points to first. I mean, Mark and I joke about that just about every episode of our show. You know, it's like, well, we were Star Wars kids until we discovered knees. But, you know, it, that wasn't the case for you guys. Like, it was really, it was a pure, pure, you know, tracked it down, dragged star wars down and just and just beat it and and left it in the dust
2: well do you know one of the the the, maybe patty i'll I'll let you talk because i'll if i can go all nice (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it's 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 funny because even if you if you compare the palatoy action force stuff and obviously palatoy had decided well they had they had considered doing a different style of figure for the for action force but they realized look we need to get these to market like now Immediately, um, so obviously they copied existing designs by downscaling the the existing Action Man figures, the, the best-selling Action Man figures. But they also decided, well, we're going to copy Star Wars engineering because we know it. We're working with it every day. We don't really have time to reinvent the wheel. But I think the one thing you'd notice about the Action Force stuff produced at that time is, for one thing, the sculpting's a lot better. Um, like if you put a Palatoy Star Wars figure beside a Palatoy Action Force figure, the Action Force figure just looks better, like more detailed
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so on. And, and, and I think the, the, the build quality is actually a lot better as well. It's something I think it's uh, John Holmes mentions in his, his interview with, uh, that we did with him, where he mentions that it's so easy to find good condition Action Force figures even now. Because they put the effort in to build them and design them really well, that they're really solid figures like you. You'll struggle to find a, a straight arm 1982 G.I. Joe figure in really good condition. There's always something broken, the thumbs or the crotch or whatever. You don't struggle as much to find a near perfect action force figure, even the 1982 stuff. You can still, you can still find them, you know, loose yeah. and they're still, still in great condition. Um, yeah. So like they were they were they were built to last, um, which you know it didn't. When he said that to me, I'm like, oh yeah, he's right. You know, it's one of yeah. those things that it's yeah. not until someone says it to you that you're like, oh of course he's right. It's 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 easy to pick them up. You you don't you don't have any trouble finding stuff in good condition. You may you may struggle to find an accessory here or there, but if you wanted to buy yourself
2: a bunch of loose complete action force figures,
1: it wouldn't be difficult
2: to track them all down. But, you know, part of the the popularity as well, this is something that that was flagged by, again, when we interviewed John Holmes, who was the the manufacturing manager for Palatoy, uh, it was that around the time or just prior to the launch of Action Force, you had the SAS stormed the Iranian embassy on live TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was like, that that was a big, uh, that really captured the imagination of a lot of kids. You know, war movies and action and adventure TV shows were kind of commonplace at that time. So to see the, the SES live on TV rescuing hostages from the Iranian embassy, that was a big deal. Then you had yeah. the Falklands War. That was all over the news over here at that time. <coughs> and, you know, in the papers, uh, on, on the TV, you'd see, you know, British uh, Royal Marines and British infantry, you um, you know heading off to, to, to war, heading off to battle. Um, so when they P- he out...
0: wouldn't know because he wasn't born yet.
2: No, he's That's too true. small. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when when the um, so when Action Force series one came out, they it, it, it just you now had something that was the, the size of the Star Wars figures, which were really popular, but was now tapping into albeit maybe accidentally the uh. You know, the, the, the current current affairs where you had SAS and British Marines all over the news and uh, they, they even made a bloody SAS movie at the time. Who dares wins with your man from the professionals uh, starring in it? Um, can't think of his name but so uh, but so the kids just went mad for that stuff it uh, um, it kept, captured the zeitgeist in the a way zeitgeist, yeah. that, that they, i mean it was a total accident they didn't they never planned it that way yeah. but things just lined up and all of a sudden action force
0: boom. <laughs> if, if they had planned it it would be in a book much thicker than this
2: that's, <laughs> that's <for> true <laughs> that's yeah um yeah, of course we remember the TV ads and I know Dave Tree is famously, you know, brought that TV ad to Joe Con and he and he, him and Chris McLeod did a whole panel with, with that TV ad in there and um, where the kid goes into the toy shop and you know, and I remember that TV ad and wanting at that time, you know, wanting to have the Jeep and, and all those the, the army builders, um it, it would take me a couple of years to kind of t- to get a decent Action Force collection together, you know. Uh, in fact it took me probably Forty years to get decent <laughs> until, <laughs> until we started doing the
1: book. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's just uh, that I think that's just the adult colored but lenses then, checking in there, Brian. It's, it's uh, you it's... probably had a decent collection, <laughs> just wasn't big enough for you because more is better.
1: Yeah, but right? it's, it's it's funny that's actually good. because I I I haven't really started picking up much of it until we started working on the book and planning the book. But I've amassed quite a bit in less than a year because it's available it's still it's still out there and it's still mm-hmm. you can still find complete samples and stuff very very easily and like they're practically given away mut- mutons um, Well,
0: but still available at the, the convenience it, it, store on the
1: corner it's it really is like someone someone we, we, we were asking about it for the for the book and someone's like i could still buy those in toys R rust in 1993 you know 11 years after it was released um uh uh, but you know, it's it, it it is it is funny. I know you know. Obviously, certain pieces are are hard to find, but like you could amass a pretty like. I think I've got nearly every. If you if you wanted to pick a team and collect it, it wouldn't take you very long or cost you very much.
2: Mm-hmm. I think you've pretty much have Space Force Patty in the bag.
1: I do. Yeah, and it, it took me like literally two purchases. Like you was just able to pick it up. You know, pick up a Triad yeah. Fighter and a, and a few of figures off one guy and then the Cosmic Cruiser and, and Satellite Defense from another guy, and I was like, that's it, I'm, I'm nearly, I'm missing a Kiwi, um, I'll get him eventually, oh, yeah. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try get him at World Oka, but like, and he he'll be a little bit trickier to get, and probably a little bit more expensive to get, but I should be able to get one for like 30 or 40 pounds or, you know, complete. Again, they're not difficult to find. Um, uh, I know I know Americans may think, God, oh, they're very expensive, but really, if, you, if you're here at a show in the UK they're not,
0: they're not tough to find. No, no. Really, It's uh, for as much complaining as we do about the cost of figures, it's just because until, say, two, three years ago, they were even less expensive here. And now the the market's corrected itself a little bit. Granted, there's mm-hmm. some folks out there that ask for entirely too much. But, mm-hmm. I mean, these are figures from, from 82 through 87, 88. We're talking about there could be a m- literal million of those figures in this country. So if you're paying too much for them, that's really just your own fault. But mm-hmm. let's step away from, from the figures for a minute. Let's step back to the the production of the book. Uh, you guys are, are the face of things. There is a third name on here, David McDonald. Why don't we talk about David's contributions to the book?
2: Uh, absolutely. David's not very probably well-known in the toy collecting community. Uh, I'm not saying that me and Paddy are well-known, but, but David – if, if we're not, I mean, well known, David you're on be,
0: what's on Joe mind. How many times now?
2: <laughs> Lots count. The
0: right people know about you.
2: The right people, yes. So, but <laughs> David will be much more known in the comics universe. Um, so, so, David runs a kind of like a micro publisher called Hibernia Comics, and Hibernia would re, they would um, uh, reproduce or uh, licensed reissues of kind of uh, historic comics or vintage comics and david's done a lot of work with rebellion and and then of course his, his, hibernia would also publish these uh you know like a uh, magazines that was they're not, they're not so much reprints, but more like interviews with creators um, and, and looking back over kind of, you know, old vintage titles or famous titles um, and, and the talent behind them. So when we were developing the idea for this book, David seemed like a really obvious fit to come in and tackle that sort of comics universe, because, you know, Action Force has the cream of British comics talent working on it in terms of writers and in terms of artists. So, David, that's that's territory that David would have known really, really well. You know, far far more than me and Paddy would have known. Um, and you know, we, we, we could have worked, you know, spent long more time researching it and digged really, really hard, but we wouldn't have had the you know the access to some of these uh, you know creatives that David has. So he was able to you know pick up the phone and interview. Uh, James Tomlinson for the book and that's one of my favourite art- chapters in the book is the interview with James Tomlinson who was who wrote the most Action Force stories for battle um, and what separates him from all the other creatives on, on Action Force at that time was that he was only starting his career, he was 19 years of age, whereas all the other guys were like old diehards, like they were, they were guys at the end of their career and James Thomason was at the beginning of his career, so you, you get this—he's got this great enthusiasm and passion for Action Force, still to this day. Whereas maybe his contemporaries were much more just more matter of fact about it. They were—it's just a job. We we show up, we do our job well, we get paid, we go home, we don't think about it. Whereas he was a fan. He was collecting the toys. He was playing with the toys. Uh, you know, he was bringing home the free samples that they would get in the you know in, in ipc's you know big headquarters he'd take them home add them to his collection so you had a real fan of action force um you know writing the stories at that time and he was you can definitely see in his writing that he was probably paying more attention to as action force got closer to uh, hasbro and, and marvel um you know when baron Ironblood becomes corporate commander you can see that James Thomason is paying a bit more attention to what's happening over on the Hasbro side of things. Whereas the likes of Scott Goodall and Jerry Day, they were like, no, we're still sticking with the universe we created. We don't care about Hasbro and whatever they're doing over there. We're going to do our thing. You know, we're going to stick with this. So it's a real, um, you get this lovely kind of colorful palette of creatives working on action force and and James Tomlinson his his interview is is definitely one of the highlights in the you know in, in the book for me.
1: David David did an amazing job actually his his the, the book is kind of split into three sections so the the toys which is mostly what i wrote well it's entirely my my writing and um, there's part 2 the comics which is entirely david and then part 3 which is like the mythos which um i wrote the character profile pages and myself and Brian worked together on the the, kind of the the storyline explaining the storyline that plays out in, in battle action force mm-hmm. so you know david's responsible for you know a good good chunky portion of the book and he really did an amazing job as, as brian said he had access to he had access to the creators that we just wouldn't have and um, and even some of the creators who are who have passed away he'd interviewed them previously and was able to work in the stuff he had interviewed with them previously about action force and nice. um, in, in, into the book uh, because you know he had he had, he had for people like John Cooper and so on before they before they passed away, so you know having that in there I think is is, is very important to, to to make the story as complete as it can be about the development of both the toys and the comics.
0: So let's turn back the clock a little bit again and recap where you were at the end of the Kickstarter campaign that funded this this wonderful tome. Uh, how many backers did you have? How many copies of this book did you print up?
2: Do you want to go? Do you take that on, Paddy? Yes. So
1: we had we had two hundred and forty-two backers, but um, not everybody pledged to get a book. Uh, so we were we had hoped that the um, that the the goal had been set at twenty-seven thousand to allow us to print two hundred and fifty. Now we went over. Um, we went over the goal. Obviously, we we, we got a couple of grand over, and um, and so it, it shook out that we needed to print a few more copies. I think our print run at the end was two hundred and sixty. Is that right, Brian? Or yeah, two hundred and
2: sixty that's yeah 260
1: yeah so obviously we I think 235 of those went to backers um and then 25 we kept a few copies for ourselves as authors and um, we had to send some to Hasbro we had to send some to Rebellion and um, we sent some to people who helped us out with the book and um, you know people who had allowed us to borrow their collections or or, or what have you um uh, you know as 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 payment to kind of say look thanks for allowing us to shoot your entire collection of toys right here's a book in return. Um and then obviously we kept we kept a few just in case um we had uh you know they came back from the and we had damaged ones could come from the printer which sometimes happens so we, we built in a little bit extra there mm. to cover off damaged copies but obviously we didn't get any um the printer did their job and, and they looked everything came out looking great so those books are essentially spare, and those are the ones I'm actually bringing to roll, at roll call this weekend. That box, that extra box. That Let's is it. That's the, roll the, roll last, roll
2: the last of the books. We'll go to roll out roll yeah. call.
1: Yeah, so, so we didn't we we did we didn't go crazy printing other ones because because realistically we couldn't afford to. Um I think Brian, you did the you did the you you finalized the accounts last week, and I think we literally had one cent left over from um from from the Kickstarter money. Um like after everything's been paid for. It's like, okay, one cent we have one cent, yeah. have one cent profit. And um, like it really was it really was down to the wire as to, you know. Um, after after you pay for like the printing cost is like you're running what was it, nearly ten thousand euro to print them yeah nearly well, a, nearly, nearly another was, ten
2: thousand. Uh, the shipping was nearly as much as well because we, we shipping we, was nearly as much yeah. We we um, ship them with um you know we they're all in a you know mail cartons um and we you know because we looked like the way Amazon would ship the books we wanted you know, to put them in proper you know proper box. And we use express shipping with tracking for every package, so you know, so that people would get them you know quickly. So if people at that time of watching this, if you're still waiting on your book, hopefully you won't be waiting much longer because you know the the, the, the longest you know shipping time to the states is five to six days, um, to the UK three to four days, Ireland it's next day, uh, you know. Uh, places like you know japan australia they're a little bit longer you can you know you kind of go great to 10 days uh if, if you're if you're out there you or know. more more like
1: more like more like three weeks for japan i think and, and our mm. australian backer mentioned it'd have been about two and a half weeks so yeah so yeah so we, it was we very expect most people will yeah mo- most we expect most people will have them you know um probably mid-december i would expect the last, the tail end people will get theirs in hand, you know, assuming they're in Australia or wherever. So, you know, we should, we deliver on time, which is nice when something that we really wanted to, um, we really wanted to make sure people got them in hand when we said they would get them in hand. You know, this is, this is our, you know, we've done books before, obviously, but this is the first Kickstarter and, and, you know, we, we wanted to do it when we were planning the Kickstarter, we wanted to make sure that we were always available to people had questions. Mm -hmm. always um doing updates you know very regularly um that's you know because i think you know we've all backed kickstarters where people just disappear with the money for four years and um, you never you never get your figures not looking at anybody in particular um so it was really important for us to be like you know we've 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 backed we you know myself and my uh, certainly i have sounds like
0: that sounds like that's there's another story there for another episode
1: uh, but, you know, Brian, 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 you haven't backed as much as I have, but I back a lot of action figure Kickstarters. Because yeah. I like what some people are doing. And and the ones I've always respected the most have been the ones who have been upfront and open about, even if they're having problems, saying, we're having a problem and we're trying to fix it, rather than just disappearing for six months and never doing an update. And then you don't know where your money's gone. So I wanted to make it quite clear that, you know, we would do regular updates and show people every step of the production process so they can understand... You know that we are until until these books are at your house we're working and making sure you're getting
0: so out of the 240 backers how many of them were in the uk as opposed to every everywhere else uh, it's,
1: it's funny, funny um, i know this because i'm terrible for stats um it, actually more than half the backers were american um yes which
2: I was really surprising is,
1: yeah it was really surprising Surprising, but also not surprising. um You know, because that's where the GI Joe fandom is, and you know that the, the it, would, it would make sense that you know it would be GI Joe fans who would be interested in picking this up. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and then we had about thirty five percent were European, um, uh, were British, and then we had about ten percent were Irish. We actually had more Irish backers than I thought mm-hmm. get. Um and then and then the remainder were just everywhere. We were sending books to as we mentioned Australia New Zealand, Japan um a few different European countries yeah.
0: you Sweden, know, one or two Norway.
1: books. Sweet, Sweden Norway um
0: that's very cool. I saw oh, your interaction on Twitter with a, with a Japanese fan, Patty.
1: Yeah, yeah the one Japanese backer I was just very excited to have um, <laughs> have sold a book to someone in Japan. I, <laughs>
0: But, but, but then to, to you know to reach out and that, like they were giving you giving you good press uh, and for mm. you to make a connection is pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, like I, I think it's it's actually funny I've, I've managed ended up talking to a lot of people during this campaign that I, I hadn't talked to before where you know obviously doing the podcasts and stuff, but even on social media um, you know just chatting to people and so on it, it's been it's been a nice experience and um, you know just to just to kind of connect more with the fan base. Um, and, uh, so that's
0: always nice. It's always about random connections. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you, and you guys know that better than anybody.
2: <laughs> that's, that's how this book came about was random connections. <laughs>
0: why, why don't, why don't I, for, for our fans who are new, I, cause I, again, I've been doing some stats lately too. About half of our fans have been with us forever and the other half are brand new within the last year, year and a half. Okay. So why don't I let you guys talk about how you, you two found one another in ireland as gi joe action force aficionados so you know, many many
1: many 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 moons ago um, i was working on a project in work that did not involve me having to do a whole lot of actual work uh, and i was listening to <laughs> my podcast those the
0: are time. the best
1: <laughs> those are the best so this is this is about jesus when was this this is about maybe 20 this is maybe 2010 2011 uh so 10 years ago <laughs> And, um, and, you know, I was looking for podcasts to listen to while I, while I worked, and I stumbled across What's on Your Mind. Um, uh, and I sent in a piece of listener mail, uh, which you read out. And uh, Brian heard that episode, and he's like, There's another Irish person listening to this podcast. I must find him. <laughs> um, and I commented on, I think, the episode where you read it, my email. I uh, I and say, oh, thanks for reading, reading out my letter. And then immediately I got this friend request on Facebook uh, from this fella. Um, <laughs> and, and the rest is history.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I actually heard that episode. So similar to Paddy, I was looking for a G.I. Joe podcast at that time. I was actively searching for a G.I. Joe podcast. And, and the first podcast I found, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was the guys who were doing reviews of the the original marvel comics yeah they would talk that they would do like a talk through of those comics and then a kind of a you know post kind of story synopsis then at the end um and i, I found their podcast first but then within a week or two i found what's on your mind so you know the original kind of lineup of kind of gary justin chuck and yourself and uh, and greg i think because greg was in the mix back then um and uh so Was listening to to that and then obviously paddy's mail was read out and it was like you know paddy lennon in ireland i was like i was genuinely shocked that there was another gi joe fan in ireland and then like that i saw one of paddy's comments on your uh on one of your facebook posts and i clicked through to his profile and i sent it said writer on his profile paddy lennon writer so I, i sent him a message saying you don't know me and i know this is totally weird but I would love to do a book about G.I. Joe. And uh, you know, if, if you weren't too freaked out, maybe we could meet up somewhere. <laughs> and we could talk about it <laughs>
1: in a in a well lit area. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: and, and said yes.
0: And and it's good yes. that you brought the notes that came off the laser printer and not the ones you scrawled in crayon. Mm-hmm. So even better. You know, you, you you guys kind of met each other halfway.
2: Yeah, so we, we met in and um we met somewhere for for coffee just near where Paddy works, and uh, I kind of you know threw out this kind of you know batshit crazy idea for some kind of a GI Joe sort of action figure guidebook, and and Patty kind of weighed in with you know a little bit more kind of reality on, on what we probably actually do. And, uh, and we got it down to Joe um, uh, total retaliation. We didn't have that title at the time. Just that we would, we figured that was a line that we could easily tackle. Um, you know, the, the toys hadn't quite hit the market yet. There was just a bit of hype about them, so we knew we we could collect these. You know, at market, you know, first market value, not on the secondary market, which would be very expensive and time consuming and that we could put together a good guidebook on that. Small, you know, it's only, whatever, 80 pages, but a but a you know good, solid guidebook on that. And the angle that, that Patty picked up on was that with the first wave of figures, there was no file cards on them, which is, you know, totally unheard of for a for G.I. Joe. Right. So that was the big angle then. We were going to do file cards um, for, for each of the characters that were released. And uh, we had the, the single figures, we had the multi-packs, we had the vehicles. We never got the the san diego comic-con convention set in there we felt it didn't really need it because it was a fairly you know packed book as it was um and that was our first foray into into, into doing books together and Holland on the heels of that we had that was launched that rollout roll call as well and Holland on the heels of that we did total hacks which is the Uh, new uh, vitruvian hacks figures by boss vice so we covered off the series one releases with that that was a 96 page book um again you see the quality of of the book was getting much better the photography was getting better the design is much tighter than total retaliation and the writing was more ambitious on paddy's part you know they were they weren't just file cards they were much bigger pieces of prose built in there like creating a whole vitruvian hacks universe um, and that was done with permission with the boss fight guys so it wasn't just a fan project like total retaliation it was done with the the, the manufacturer and the ip owner on board so it's I suppose. Official. it was official yeah it was official you know so total action force kind of is an extension of that you know it, it, it's much more ambitious in terms of the content the size of the book the number of pages the 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 size of the story that's being told it's not just file cards like it's a really in-depth history and it's done with you know uh, permission from Hasbro and licensed artwork we produced from rebellion who own the Battle Action Force Comics now they they bought that over you know they bought it at the, the, the Treasury of British Comics the own IPC's library so it's it's the first as Patty said it's the first official Action force release since you know, for, of palatoy material since
0: 1986 wow and I mean palatoy for, for folks who don't have the book to ref, to reference to uh, palatoy went out of business in 1984
1: 1985
0: 1985 okay yeah so yeah it's it's we're, we're...
1: sorry no they, they they closed the design department in 1985 palatoy itself kept on for a couple more years after it, but it was only making, you know, it wasn't really making much. Um, most of the, you know, most of the factory had been not bought. It was just mainly distributing, you know, products from the States and so on. It mm. wasn't really, the, the manufacturing had ended um, until they were bought out by Tonka and then Tonka was bought by Hasbro uh, in 1989.
0: Yeah, I was reading in, in there that uh, they said uh, all, the, all that was being made those last few years was Play-Doh.
1: That's right, yeah. In yeah. the
0: Palatoy factory, and, which is... yeah. I mean, cool that they're cool for Plato, but kind of sad in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it was the the bright nova that just just burned incredibly brightly for a short period of time. But uh, so let's uh, turning back to the book, you've there's two hundred odd copies out there. What happens if this catches fire? What happens if you have just all kinds of folks writing into you saying, "Hey, how can I get a copy?" what you know is there the potential for for a second printing if demand is there
2: well our license was only for a single printing so if we were to do if we were to ever do a second edition we would have to go back to the licensors and and get a renewed license to do a second edition so we can't just go and you know just print willy-nilly and and sell books There's, there's um the, the the licensing deal was pretty strict uh, in terms mm-hmm. of what we could and couldn't do, um, but that's not to say that that would. It's not off the table, but it just makes it a, it's not straightforward. Sure,
0: um, you know it's but, a conversation but, that has to happen first.
2: But yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for sure, we certainly, we're, you know, I think we're we're definitely taken aback a little bit by how popular this proved to be. We were looking at before we, we, we obviously were planning the Kickstarter, we were looking at other Action Force books that had gone to Kickstarter. And you look at, you know, Jim Marshall, with Blood for the Baron, he's brought his book, the Kickstarter, two or maybe three times um, to get it reprinted. And we were looking at the kind of numbers of backers he was getting, which were all in a, you know, two to 300. Like it wasn't thousands, you know, like there's Daryl DePriest, his book got 1800 backers for Star Wars, the vintage collection um we weren't seen anywhere near those kind of numbers for action for so we didn't we weren't expecting it to be any any bigger than it was on on kickstarter but after the event a lot of people are saying like i want to get this book a lot lot of people are saying i didn't even know there was a kickstarter but now i see the book i I, I want one you know so that's that's encouraging We,
0: we tried to tell them
2: we
1: did to be fair <laughs> um, we didn't we didn't rest for a month when that thing was ongoing. I think we were on every podcast yeah. imaginable. Um, but it, and but you know, it, and, and a lot of people I think were kind of we know, you know, when we, you know, the Kickstarter had a had a reasonably high goal for an Action Force book. Again, I think we we required more money than Jim Marshall had needed to print. And even for, for, for all of his Kickstarter campaigns put together, we yes. we needed more money. Um, and, he'd, and he'd raised from his Kickstarter campaigns put together. So we knew, you know, and we knew the market was limited, which meant the book had to be expensive, more expensive than maybe we'd have liked. Um, you know, I, we, we'd have liked to have brought it in for cheaper. But as we said earlier, we spent every penny that we raised. Um, the,
0: Except the, that penny.
1: Except that penny. Um, that any any it's penny brain,
2: and it's going on the yeah. wall.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So you know, we 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 knew we knew kind of you know <clears throat> we kind of figured 250 would be in around where we'd be. We hoped we'd get more, and we planned stretch goals, hoping that you know it would take off and get 500, 600 backers, so we could go and get you know expand the book further even and and and, and get that get an Ian Kennedy cover done. But we kind of knew if we hit the goal, we'd be okay. You know, the the goal is the goal is ambitious. But also realistic as to how much this thing is going to cost to 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 produce, um, you know, and and our, our budgets weren't that far off in that when it came to it. So, but our preference would be no, If we'd, if we'd if we knew there'd been a market for five hundred people, the book would have been a lot cheaper. But I don't think there was a market for five hundred people, um, for for this book. I think now that people are seeing it in hand uh, and they're seeing that it turned out to be really, really good. Now, suddenly we've got a lot more people going, oh, we, oh I, I, should, I shouldn't I should, have missed out on that one or, or whatever. So I think, you know, hopefully there will be, uh, now that the book is out there and, you know, people tell their friends or show it to their friends or whatever, I think we might hopefully see a bit of a groundswell of support to say, well, if you guys did a second edition next year or whatever, people would people would support it.
0: And, and so again, I don't, I'm not winding things up here by any stretch, but if people wanted to show that sort of support to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Find us on social media. I'm never off Facebook and Twitter. Um, I think, I think, <laughs> I think if we do, if we do a second edition and we have talked about it, I think it would probably be a paperback edition to try bring the price down a bit lower because, you know, again, we want to try, you know, it would be, also you know, the book is done now and it's, it's commem- really
0: commemorate these for those of us that invested in this sexy beast
1: yes exactly and to give <laughs> and to give the original kickstarter backers something, you know a premium we, we, we were very clear we wanted it to be a premium product so yeah. if we if we do a second edition i think a paperback would be the way to go it would it would make sure that the 1st Kickstarters got something special and it would um it would bring the price down for people who you know were maybe a bit price cautious the first time around
0: yeah you, yeah. you did something pretty comprehensive and you did it pretty well, so I'm, I'm sure that the rest of the deep divers out there who are interested in, in Action Force and its history uh, are, are going to start coming out of the woodwork for you. So, so if if you are if you're one of those people that missed out, well, more like first that.
1: come to roll It roll call and buy one of the ten copies I have left. I believe right. four of them are already. <laughs> I believe four of them are already pre-sold. But I'd like yeah. to get rid of the other six, please. Right. Um, well, you're you know, see, because you're I don't want, start, to, I don't, start I don't, I don't a want brawl, to Patty. I don't want to have to carry them home, Mike.
2: They're very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, what he means is he wants to make space in his luggage for action force toys. Yes, from t- Newtons. <laughs> well that's a, it's funny i'm the only i'm the only now now i'm the last man standing going
1: from ireland all the people talking about oh we're gonna go um now can't for various reasons so now basically i have a list from like three or four different people of stuff they want me to buy <laughs> yeah
2: <It's> like <laughs> i didn't buy nothing to for myself in ireland and the customs man is going to say have you anything to declare and he's going to slap his suitcase down on the table and go a suitcase full of moutons, sir I'm not, I'm not okay. slapping anything to the table. There might be an ATC in that. <laughs> <laughs> just if just I find great, one.
0: Gently placed it on the table. <laughs> it's an ATC, sir. Please don't crush it.
1: It would not be the weirdest thing I have brought to an airport. Did I ever tell you about the time I nearly got arrested at a Las Vegas airport? Oh,
2: god, no, please, please do. I love this. Um,
1: the, the, well, I have two. of The time I nearly got shot in the Empire State Building... But I have the time, I nearly got arrested at uh, Las Vegas because I had um, 2006 and I traveled over to America to go to San Diego Comic-Con. So myself and my brother did a few days in LA, a few days in Las Vegas. And in the last few days, we were going to go to San Diego Comic-Con. And on the flight from Las Vegas to San Diego, um, I had had found um, a comic shop that had quite a lot of Transformers I wanted. Um, And I had essentially a carry-on, bag that was just full of transformers and i put it through the um put it through the security and the 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 lady's like what's all this and i'm like oh well they're transformers i i you can't get these ones in ireland and she's like there's a special security lane i think you should go through it and they sent me down this other security lane where they where they put you through this tube that shot compressed air at you um like from various points like (laughs)
0: Good, good um, that it didn't
1: I mess up your a, hair. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was—I had hair back then, Mike. That was just nearly 15 years ago. Um, and and uh, I asked a guy, um, you know, what, what's with the air thing? I, I've never seen this before. And, and the guy explains like, oh, that's because they suspect you were carrying a bomb. <laughs>
2: Oh dear! Well, you—you you, so you, you, you were the guy with the bag. Apparently,
1: if you've apparently if you've got explosives or residue on you, this air would blow this—that would blow the residue off you—and it would be picked up by the sensors. So they're like they must have—they must have suspected you were carrying a bomb or were or, or involved in something that similar. So that's why they sent you to me. It,
0: it's a lot of oddly shaped diecast metal bits. So you know what. Uh... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. But, um, yeah. uh, uh,
1: it's... but the good, the, the good news is, I wasn't arrested. That that was to come later at the Empire State Building, which You're is also due right. to Transformers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, go on now.
1: I think I've, I think I've told this story before. Um, I don't know if it's on this show, but uh, so uh, my honeymoon, I went with my wife to New York for a week, um, and the first thing I did when I arrived in New York was obviously I went to the Toys R Us in Times Square and I found a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't find at home. Um, imagine. Imagine. And so I essentially cleaned out, um, like this is about 40 minutes into my honeymoon and I've already cleaned out Toys R Us.
2: Whee! <laughs> <laughs> in,
1: in Times Square. <laughs> and, um, we walk, we walk down anyway, and so the next stop is, you know, the important, the important stop is, you know, next, next stop is the Empire State Building, our second stop in the running room. And I had taken all these transformers out of their bag, uh, out of their boxes and stuff to keep them in my backpack because I bought a lot, and um, and I and I and I, I, I am an opener, so I just, you know, open them, take them off the card, throw the card sure. in the recycling bin, and stick them in the in the backpack. And um, I come in anyway, uh, and. Our safe building, walk in, go through the security scanner, and a security lady starts screaming, There's a gun! There's a gun in this backpack. Uh, And I have um, four security guys coming at me, uh, one from each cardinal point on the the compass. Um, And I'm screaming, There's no gun! There's no gun! There's no gun! Um, and she had seen one of the Transformers pistols, which are, you know, this size. Yeah. And, 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 and just her mental her mental image just went, gun. Um, and, and that's how I nearly got shot by the American cops in the Empire State Building.
2: <laughs> it, there's a great Action four story, um, where, uh, which is set on, on the Empire State Building, where Storm Shadow... Um, you know, working for Cobra uh, basically is trying to extort uh, you know, protection money from the New York mob, and uh, it's written by Peter Milligan. So it's a, oh, a, okay. it's a good story. Good story. So it's a good little one shot, you know.
0: <laughs> and and Storm Shadow coincidentally almost kills Patty.
2: All this and, uh, I, 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 have, I have no
1: idea how he got those swords past the security guys when I couldn't even get Wheeljack's fucking pistol. No.
0: Exactly. He's a ninja, Patty. He's
1: That's a true. ninja.
0: That's how that works. So if, if I can, gentlemen, I'm going to run you through the special edition segment five easy questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you do not, you do not have no, you have no, no idea what these questions are beforehand, but they are easy questions. So any any uh, any debate is purely inside your own head. Are you are you
2: set? <laughs> Here we go. Let's All do right. this.
0: All right. Again, they're they're easy questions. Five easy questions. Number one, what is your favorite? UK exclusive action force figure. Now, this is any of the five point guys that that did not make it to the states, or any of the fully articulated repaints. Like say, Gaucho is is gung ho, but Gaucho is not a US character, so he 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 also works in this category. What is your favorite UK exclusive action force figure?
1: Uh, for me. Um, sure, go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to I'm going to say um S- Action Force uh, SAS Stalker, um, which is obviously the Snake Eyes repaint that we got here, uh, packed in with the Panther. Um, because it's both Snake Eyes and an SAS guy.
2: He's a twofer. A twofer. Nice, up. Paddy. nice, nice. Well, you know, I am gonna go with uh, one of the Action Force Series One uh, figures. Because that's one of the things that I because in working on this book, I discovered a lot more about Action Force than I actually knew. And Action Force Series One was something I always kind of glossed over in, you know, and focused on, on the series two, like the Z Force, the scs force, Q force. But over the course of, of photographing the figures and documenting the figures for the book, I realized the series one figures are amazing i mean they are amazing and that's kind of where my collecting focus has kind of gone there for for the you know currently so if i was going to pick it's, it's tough even to pick one of those guys because you've got you've got great you know you've got the australian jungle fighter you've got the you know the, the german stormtrooper which would go on to become your red shadow you've got the uh u.s paratrooper um you know, and then you've even got the, uh, you know, there's a couple of different pilots that they produced. But the one I would go with as my kind of favourite would be the the, the Night Patrol, um, the, 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 just the Action Force Series 1 Night Patrol figure. And for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, we've got his green visor and the helmet, you know, the, the red helmet. You've got this nice kind of blue paint, uh, kind of the hood, you know, underneath that, the, the mask is this lovely kind of red, you know, paint uh, application on his chest, You've got the you know removable backpack, and obviously, you can pop his, his uh HK uh machine gun in here nice when he's not using it. And personally, I like to pop this guy into the uh the the parachute that um comes with and then he's a he's a paratrooper as well. So, um, series one night patrol that's my uh favorite there
1: I, I remember the day we went out to do the uh, photo shoot for series one figs uh, uh, with our, our friend carol o'connor and that's the one that my eye was instantly drawn to as well um because it's it's just a, such a striking figure in person as well
0: question number two what is your favorite uk exclusive action force
2: vehicle oh that's a tough one <laughs> Paddy, you, you go first
1: I'll go first, um, because I don't own very many of them. But the one I do like the most of the ones I do own is the. Um, well, actually, I'm torn. There's two, um, but uh, I think I love the Triad Fighter. Um, yes. So that's that's one I've I've always liked to look at that mm. vehicle. I think it's always looked like a very niche looking kind of space fighter, and um, I've always loved that. Uh, as a, so as a as a you know UK exclusive, that's probably my favourite. Um, I also will give a consolation prize to the uh, SAS Panther, uh, the Vamp repaint we got over here, the yellow and black. Um, I just the Vamp all, all obviously is a great vehicle anyway, um, but I do think the SAS paint scheme and the extra decals and so on really set it apart from the from the kind of American versions of it.
0: I'm detecting a pattern in your answers, Paddy. Uh,
1: my love of SAS.
0: We're swinging right. <laughs> Right in the, right in your sweet spot, that SAS <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah, well it's 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 a really nice deco scheme. It just it works that the gray and the black and the yellow. Um I, I, I think it's I mean I love the other teams as well, don't get me wrong. And I particularly love the Z Force color scheme, but there's something about there's something about the, the Vamp, particularly in that color scheme, just works.
0: I I agree. I've I've seen I've seen that one before. Unfortunately I don't own one of those, but but it it is a cool one. Brian, we we bought you some time, man. What's what's your pick? Well,
2: you know, I like I am tempted to kind of go with the Robo but but I'm not going to go with the Robo Skull tonight um, because my favorite vehicle changes. It's not always the same vehicle tonight. Though my favorite vehicle is the uh, Z Force ATC.
0: Yeah, there we go.
2: So this would be uh, this is something that. Uh, first saw this in action in the comics in battle action force and then it kind of you know came up uh you know for sale you know as a christmas present my parents got it for christmas for me basically or you know santa did um and it was it saw my atc as a kid saw a lot of action um and there was a lot of broken parts on it so this is obviously doesn't see as much dangerous action as my childhood one did but I absolutely love this vehicle. I mean, it's it's meaty. It's a big chunky, you know, troop carrier. Um, you know, it, it's it's basically got the whole you know medic station inside. I mean, I'm not going to take the lid off here, but uh, you got your rockets that don't have the aerial. Um, but you know that doesn't take away from how awesome a vehicle this is, and I just love that color scheme that that you know classic military Z Force color scheme on that. It's it's, it's a an absolute beaut.
0: Yeah, it's uh, far superior to what we got here in the states with the the APC. The APC is has nothing on the ATC.
2: Uh, it's it's a it's a special vehicle, and again, I love that you know Bob Brecken talks about that. You know, just they they took the APC over, you know, as part of their kind of license deal with Hasbro, um, and they said, right, w- what can we do with this, guys to kind of you know to really kind of up the playability factor here for the kids and that's one of the things that, that i love when you're reading those interviews with the pal toy staff they're so proud of what they did they loved their jobs they were passionate about it it really it meant so much to them um and, and and the legacy of that today still means a lot to them whereas with a lot of the comics guys as i said earlier they were just very matter-of-fact workmen a great workman's attitude you know, professional, but non-attached to, to any of the content they made. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big contrast between the two different sets of creatives.
0: Question number three: What piece of advice do you have for other writers and self-publishers?
2: Just do it, lads. If you if you want to do something, just do it. Like I could still be sitting at home thinking about doing a Geo Joe book and have never made contact with anybody, and. The thing is the book would never exist total retaliation wouldn't have happened total hacks wouldn't have happened and total action force wouldn't have happened you have to just take a chance and do it and don't worry if it's not perfect because you know we can look back at total retaliation now and we know it's nowhere near perfect um and, and if we were ever like total retaliation will never be reprinted because it doesn't represent where we're at now as creatives um it would we would we'd have to i would have to redo it anyway paddy's work is great but my work on total retaliation i wouldn't consider it great um but but i didn't let that stop me we just went first and we did it and it's warts and all we got that book out there and that was just a stepping stone to total hacks which i'd be much more proud of and then obviously total action forces it's really it's the kind of content that we want to be doing and 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 you know that, that people would expect to, to you know to, to, to spend good money on
1: mm. i i would echo what brian said and um, i think uh we've had a measure of success now the two of us we've got to work on stuff we both liked and um, you know we've both got to do you know professional work with, on toys now and um, which is something i would never would have expected you know eight or nine years ago but it's because we took the chance and did something and and try to put our you know our best although as as Brian said total retaliation wouldn't be the best thing we've ever done um it was the best thing we were able to put out at that time given the budget given the time given the um given the constraints we were working under um it's still a book I'm very proud of i think we did a very very good job um, I agree but it led to it led to us getting better with every project we've done since you know um doing Total Retaliation, got us to know the guys in Boss Fight, got us to do Total Hacks, got us both working on Boss Fight stuff for a few years, um, you know, designing packaging design for Brian and, and obviously the bios and stuff for me. Um, and that led to us doing this book, which I think is the best thing we've ever done, um, yeah. uh, you know, by, by far. Um, like the, 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 the standard of quality that we put into this, you know, um, getting it officially licensed as well, like that, to be able to go in and say, look, we want to do this. Can you listen to us and please let us do it? Um, and to be allowed, you know, to get, allowed to use the art and have Hasbro sign off on it and, and have Hasbro be happy with it, you know, to be, to, to, to be you know, to, mm-hmm. to respect it and, and so on. Um, and that's, that's a big thing for us. Like that's that's something that if you told me five years ago, we'd be able to do this, I wouldn't, I, I, I would. I said, I don't believe that's possible. But it is possible if you put the if you put good work out there. I think it comes back to you.
0: If you just believe that the guy who reaches out to you on Facebook is not a total loser. Exactly.
1: Any time, <laughs> any random guy messages you on Facebook asking you to meet, just just say yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hear hear that, ladies. Well, good good thing. Good thing this is a toy show and there aren't many of them listening. But anyways. Question number four, what's one thing you learned about Action Force or GI Joe while putting this book together that you didn't know before
1: I, I think I mentioned the Alan Moore connection, which really <laughs> surprised me um,
0: that is positively but, weird
1: yeah that is just strange um. Uh, so that that's probably the weirdest. That's that's the one thing that actually surprised me when I read it, because obviously that's that 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 was covered off by David in his his part of the book. But I was just like, "What, really?" Um, so that's that's the one thing I learned that was really surprised me when we were putting this book together.
2: For for me, it's um, the, the, I mean, the, the, there's loads of surprises. You know, that but I'm going to go one of the maybe least obvious kind of surprises. Um, part of the research was that I, I reread the entire action force run in battle in the comic battle and when i read that through like and it took me over a couple of months you know to to, to to work through it um I realized that there's actually there's a continuity there and you know and again as part of the research began to build up like a database of you know who who were the writers which stories did they work on who were the artists which stories did they work on and you begin to see a pattern and the pattern is that there's there's really just there's three writers um you've got james thompson jerry finley day and scott goodall are the three principal writers for the entire action force universe uh, in battle and because and, and there are lots of other writers, like you know, Peter Milligan, Alan McKenzie, like they all you know, loads of guys came in and these kind of one-shots. But the tree writers kept this really great universe that's fairly tight from when Action Force first breaks onto the pages to the, 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 the kind of the collapse of Cobra as an organization at the end of it all. Spoiler alert. Um it's, you know, and then, you know, Baron Ironblood kind of transforming into Cobra Commander. Like it's a really tight universe. If
0: you're watching this to reference their next book, just let, leave that part out. Forget that part. <laughs>
2: um, but, they, and they, they don't overlap. So you see where, where Scott Goodall takes, uh, say, z Force, and he's got z Force off in these other adventures that have nothing to do with Baron Ironblood and the Red Shadows. And, and in the meantime, SAS force are hunting Baron Ironblood, you know, all across South America and all of his main operations are in South America. Um, and then they, they they start to kind of, you know, Baron Ironblood is kind of flushed out of South America over to Europe. Uh, Z force are kind of, you know, brought back this convergence of characters for the story world enemy number one. And that's where, where Baron Armblund becomes uh, Cobra Commander. And then this new Cobra organization is kind of established. They've got completely different tactics compared to Baron Armblut and the Red Shadows. It's much more subversive, smaller units, kind of aiding, you know, other dissident groups in, in other countries. They're much more successful. They start to win and defeat Action Force a lot more. It's um you know, one of the best stories of that era is codenamed the Scrapyard, where Roblox and a whole team of, of APC, uh, ATCs are chasing uh, scrap iron across the North African savannas. It's a brilliant story. Um, but but it all converges then with this epic story, Operation Bloodhound. So, you know, you'd be comic readers today would be familiar with, say, the, the IDW's Snake Hunt um which we 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 covered that on the full force we we, myself and chris broke that down issue by issue which brought in every single GI joe character of that time well um operation uh deep cover in uh, the story in, in battle had every single action force and cobra character and vehicle that was on the market from palatoy at that time as well which again was another thing that i discovered you know about Action Force that there was a story that 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 did what Snake Hunt did, you know, thirty odd years previously. Um, so that there's, there was loads of stuff to discover, but the stuff I learned on the comics, going back over it as an adult with kind of a researcher's mind, um, that, that 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 I thought that was, you know, really really fascinating to to, to rediscover some of these things.
0: And question number five what's the one thing you want us to know about you that hasn't been covered today?
2: (laughs) I don't know when to shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure that that's what you want us to know? Or, I mean, or have they maybe figured that out on, no, that's terrible. Terrible.
2: I would say I'm an,
1: uh, I'm I'm an, I'm an open book, Mike. Um, (laughs)
0: What's the one thing that we haven't like? What do you want everybody to know that maybe I haven't asked that that hasn't come up in in conversation before? What 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 do you want everybody to know? Uh,
1: I'm at roll roll call on Sunday. Uh, please come and buy a book again. We do not want at home. <laughs> uh, everybody knows that. Everybody knows. Um, that. Oh, um, I'll be bringing some of the leftover prints from the campaign. That if anybody wants to grab that action force Ooh. print that Eric and Katrina did um we will have a few of them left we 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 printed a couple more than we needed so um i'll have those and the prints the photo prints that we did for the campaign i'll bring a few of those with me too brian's going to drop them down to my house tomorrow or friday um and and i'll have a couple of those on hand so if anybody you know already has the book and went in at a cracking level and just get the book and wants the prints as well i'll have a few with me at that show as well
2: yeah and none of those prints are in the book so there's lots of photography in the book but not the photography that's on those uh, team prints. Um, we might have a stack of those team prints here. One second, Z-Force okay. prints, um, Z-Force team print. Then we have SAS Force team prints. You know, we've got the Tomahawk in there, the Eagle Hawk in there. I know it's not strictly action force, but we need a proper helicopter for our, our SAS Force pilots. Space Force so that's that's uh, pretty much patty's uh, space force collection right there there you go and and, and no photoshop folks no photoshop they actually flew <laughs> without the aid of cgi um there's ray murphy's amazing special weapon force special weapons force customs um superb work by by, by ray there on on that that is very cool Q force, uh, you know, and there we go. I think this is our last one, the enemy. Oh, there you go. Skull. Again, no for all that, those, all that stuff coming out of the back of the, the robo skull. All in camera. So there's six prints. Patty will have a, a few sets of them to uh, to sell at roll it, roll call.
0: There you go. So that Patty dodged the question by not giving us anything personal. <laughs> um, how about you brian what, what's the one just, thing you I've want just everybody you, to know I've
1: just I've, I've just I've just told you where i'm going to be on sunday how could i be more possible possibly giving away my location <laughs> yeah,
0: well, we all we already knew that patty whatever we already
2: yeah, know uh, uh, my story you know personal story and to keep it kind of action force related uh you've all seen toy story is a toy story four where the, all the toys end up kind of going down into the incinerator together
0: three it's oh. to the end of three
2: and the three that's what yeah well like i cried you know like I, I can cry at loads of films you know um but anyway when i was uh getting to that age where i was going to college i had you know i had a decent collection of action force and, and you know vintage star wars and you know action man and, and a few other you know little bits and pieces and i went off to college and uh, when I came back from college, my parents had moved house. And they had got it. When they were moved house, they did a big clear out. And they got a big dumpster and they just put my entire collection into the dumpster. We're talking my original childhood ATC in there, the whirlwinds, the... Um, uh, Oh, God, did my, my SAS, uh, Hawk and Blades, you know, it's the, the ADAT, the Millennium Falcon, Slave One, you know, all, all the figures, the accessories, all dumped. That, that's my personal story. It all got dumped. And I didn't care because at that time I was into, probably into college, I was into music, I was into design. Um, and it was only... Years later, when the G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra figures were were hitting retail here in Ireland, and I had a, you know, our our first child was born, he was only like a baby, you know, too young to to own any action figures. But seeing G.I. Joe on the shop shelves again, whatever, that was probably 2009, Mm -hmm. and it just brought me back, like, just brought me back to my childhood. You know, being a parent, having that connection with your kid, seeing toys they're not the same toys obviously but the the brand name i recognize and it just brought me back and i started to collect again i started collecting again back in 2009 um star wars at first and then it very quickly moved into to gi joe modern era gi joe um and then i've been on this kind of more you know the last few years it's been much more uh, vintage much more retro what i've been my focus has been um that's a very long-winded answer to a very simple question but
0: <laughs> reclaiming your birthright letting this letting the wounds that your parents inflicted on you heal
2: yeah oh, do you know what I, I still have i still have those dreams right where i'm in Ballymon, where, where i grew up um and there was a pound store in in ballymun so a pound shop was like i guess you call them dollar stores in america Mm -hmm. Uh, where everything is like a dollar or less pound shops were a big deal in Ireland back in the 1980s because a lot of people were really poor and Ballymun was like, you know, it was a pretty, you know, uh, there's a lot of poverty in Ballymun, but in in the pound shop, they were selling these kind of rip off uh, multi-packs. So somebody had obviously found a warehouse full of action force and GI Joe and just start shoving them into these kind of like three packs and five packs and selling them in the pound, distributing them through the pound shop network. They weren't at mass retail. And I can remember not buying them because I had all those figures as a kid, right? So I was, they didn't bother picking them up, even though it was one pound for five figures, Cobra Troopers for condo, the whole lot. I have dreams still of being in that pound shop and not buying them. And then I wake up in like hot sweats. I, I have a problem.
1: Because now there's only like four carded examples of those multi-figure packs that were that were <laughs> Irish exclusives,
2: right? And
1: you can and you could basically you could you could sell them for like the price of a car now, um, I because that's
2: so rare. I bet you that dude who who did them, who he did all, the, found a warehouse, slapped them on a bit at an any old card and lashed them out there, right? I bet you he's still alive, but he's an Elfland, and he's not on social media, and okay. he's no idea what chaos yeah. he's caused. <laughs> If we could track him down, he's got a shed load of out there. Sorry, Mike, for the dropping the f bomb. You're all right. He's got a shed load of stuff out there that he still didn't flog in the pen shops. But he doesn't know that they're they're not they're worth loads. So that's our mission is to find him. And I bet you it's Morris Pratt. I bet you now it's Morris Pratt. We're coming to get you, Morris. Well, not you. But your 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 action force. And
0: yeah, just just the garage, just the shed.
1: Just the garage full yeah. of action force uh, figures on those weird Irish cards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there are uh, no no personal harm. Just just some uh, some breaking and entering, perhaps some General Larson.
1: Uh, you know. Is it stealing though if they don't know their work ending? It's a victimless crime. <laughs> Exactly. He just thinks they're all a scrap taking up space in my, in my garden where they're like yanking 1500 euro multipacks.
2: Oh, I mean, goodness. Straight out those multipacks. They'd be loose figures like that on the table here, you know, a little battle going on.
0: <laughs> That's probably as good a place as any to, to, to end tonight with the threat of uh, future crimes. That's probably as, as good a, a good good place to wrap up.
1: See, there's one thing you you didn't know about me that you that you know about me now that you didn't know earlier. I will commit grand larceny to get those Irish multi (laughs) packs. Oh, there's your sting right at the end there, Mike. Everyone everyone has a line that they'll eventually have to cross. That's right.
0: Your line is grand larceny. There you go.
1: There you go. But only for action force multi packs.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Patty, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you your stepping in and and talking about the book a little bit more and and again uh, if if folks wanted to express their interest in pushing you towards a second printing what's the best way to do that one more time
2: Just hit
1: us up on social us media in one of the Facebook groups we're in or in with them yeah
0: Right Patty is Patty especially uh, Brian, Brian is somewhere. tougher to get a hold of on social media but, but uh, patty been... is 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 much more of a facebook brian, and... is,
1: Bri- brian is literally Bri- brian is literally too busy designing all of the things whereas i have nothing <laughs> to do well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or you can always let I us know my, too uh, day,
0: John. Let, let us know you enjoyed to this evening uh go ahead uh, head on down to the the video hit like subscribe to our channel uh, you can get a hold of us, we'll get a hold of Patty and Brian for you too. we we have no no qualms about flooding their inbox. I mean you
1: still you, you, you still have my email address from that time I emailed you about nine years ago, so
0: probably. I probably still have the email. I'd have to go yeah. through the <laughs> go through the folders, but I bet betcha it's there. For my guests, Patty Lennon and Brian Hickey, the authors of Total Action Force, the Battle Years, along with David McDonald. Um, am Mike here. thanks for joining us on this special edition uh we'll We'll be back soon. Have a great rest of the night. yo Joe
2: thank you, Mike. Full force <laughs> safi was my drug dealer in Ballymon. <laughs>